0: So I opened up the service reading Psalm 100. If you um, joined us just a few minutes late, um, we took some time to thank God for what he's done and to praise him for who he is. And I don't know about you, but just um, expressing that and reading through what what you put in the chat feature, did you notice how that just just changes the mood um, in your soul? Um it just brought me to uh just such a such a calming place. And I think that this psalm has the potential of doing that for us as we meditate on it. So I'm gonna go through that psalm again very briefly. This is a little shorter uh message than than normal. And um don't now that I've said that, don't use the applause uh portion of the Zoom feature. Some of you We'll do that just because I said that, but um, this psalm was originally written and used in a way that that was used in in the temple and at times of, of making sacrifices, and it was known as a thanksgiving or a peace offering at the temple, and this psalm would be sung at the end because this was the last offering that they would make. Um, it was probably because uh, of the previous offerings, such as confession and mercy and acceptance, that they were able to then allow thanksgiving to flow from this appreciation of what God has done and who God is. So it's really, a, a, it's also a psalm of joy that, that anticipates the advent of the Messiah as king as we, uh, next week, we will begin our Advent series. This is kind of a prelude to that. Uh, This psalm anticipates the day when the Anointed One will reign on earth. And because of Jesus, the Messiah and Anointed One, we are able to enter into the Father's presence. And and not just enter into his presence like you're entering the stadium in the presence of the 49ers or something like that. It's an up-close and very personal encounter as we will see as we dig out a a few nuggets from this from this song, so just to kind of get the feel for what David is talking about this is no just laid back you know hey we want to we want to take time to give thanks and praise this is with gusto to say the least it begins with the word shout so that should tell us something, but even the more we know about this word shout, it really uh, it really sets the tone. Verse 1, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. And so this word shout comes from a root word that means, and this was really weird when I first read this, it means to impair or to mar by breaking. So I was like, what in the world does that mean? And we impair by breaking with joy to the Lord? And I continued reading uh, what this commentary had to say, and it's a figure of speech for ear-splitting, a loud ear-splitting sound. So this isn't just, okay, we're going to say this with a little bit more volume. This is offering a loud ear-splitting shout for joy to the Lord, holding nothing back with complete unrestrained joy, turning the volume all the way up and blowing your speakers with that, express your joy to the Lord. Can you imagine being a part of a group, a nation of people who come together and shout for joy to the lord um, so that's the that's kind of the tone that this psalm sets for us, but even with this this huge entry point into this song as we continue to read. Um, in the next verse, this is where it becomes very up close and personal. In the midst of the shouting, there's, there are portions of this that it's almost like I would want to whisper some of this. So it's, it's kind of that, that contrast in it. Verse 2, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs. Continuing on, uh, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are, the pe- we are his people, the sheep of his pasture enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So this psalm describes something that's of a very personal nature, a highly relational interaction with the Lord. And here's what I mean. Worship, Uh, The New International Version says, come before him with joyful songs. Some translations say, enter his presence joyful songs. And that phrase, come before him, or the word presence, literally means face. So it's not like simply being in the same big room with God. We're not on the back row at church, although... to face interaction with God. Come face to face with the living God in joyful song. Let that sink in. He is inviting us to come face to face with him in joyful song. I believe that the essence of worship is to adjust our life in such a way that we come face to face with God. And so let me illustrate it. This is what I mean. Um, I'll tell you this story. A really long time ago, I was asked to speak at a youth camp where the setting was Daytona Beach. And I lived in in the Midwest at the time in St. Louis. And so when I was asked to speak at a youth camp on the beach, I said yes immediately. Um, So I get there, I get settled in and my hotel room, the hotel in general is on the beach and it faces east. And it dawned on me, oh, okay, the sun is going to rise over this beautiful ocean setting. So I set my alarm early enough to watch the, that beautiful sunrise for the next morning. So that next morning, I get up pre-dawn. I make my way through the dark to the sandy beach. I've got my journal, my Bible, and I kind of, kind of dug out what was what felt like almost like a recliner in the sand. And I sat there uh, with journal and pen. And this is an, an edited portion of that journal entry that I'm going to read now. The sky is mostly pink as I anxiously anticipate sunrise. The lighting technicians in heaven are turning on the power and allowing the electricity to begin to flow through the neon pink clouds. Full power and full light are mere moments away. And as I was writing that then I looked up and then I could begin to see just a little bit of the sun uh, the top part cresting over the horizon over the ocean and I, I just sat there kind of um, just glued to it and then when I went and when I returned uh, to journal I realized I'd been staring at the sun a little too long because when I looked at my paper on the journal uh, my journal paper all I could see were blue spots Uh, But I ended up continuing to write, there it is. This is what I've been waiting for, the sun. It's not just a red haze. It is now a glowing ball of fire. And I kind of sat with that for a little bit, and I just sensed that there was a, a message in this for me, and I continued journaling. You know, we say the sun has come up, but actually, it's just the rest of the world coming around. Isn't that just like us to think that everything revolves around us? Forgive me, Father, for falsely thinking that when you are present, that you have shown up. Like the sun, you are always here and have been waiting for me to come around. Thanks for waiting. The reds and oranges fade to a warm yellow. And now for the sun to be anywhere but right in front of me means that I have spun off in a different direction. The sun has risen. Will I turn to him? Each day begins with a similar invitation from our creator. He beckons us to come back around and worship him face to face. So for me, that experience reframed the way I think of worship. Worshiping God is what happens when I turn away from all else that is not Him, from all that is less than Him, and in coming back to Him and turning back towards Him, I draw near face to face with my Creator. So in a a practical sense, what does that mean for us to come back around to God? And I think we know that it's more than just physically the direction that we face. Well, kind of describing it in in a couple of ways, beginning in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, um, there was a prescribed way, prescribed actions that had to be performed to come back around to God for them to, to do before drawing near to God. And even when those things were performed perfectly, you could only get so close to God. At best, the common Jew could only worship from a distance. They all had access to God, but it was a limited access. There were certain things that they had to perform. There were obstacles that they had to go through. I'm not talking obstacles like Hebrew ninja warrior, but they would have to go through some things that, would, that were pretty difficult so that they could enter into God's presence. Um, going way back to the tabernacle before the temple, there was a gate to the tabernacle, giving entrance to the outer court. So once through the gate, a seeking sinner uh, was confronted with an altar and a laver, and the sinner would need a radical and recurring cleansing. That's what would take place in that outer court. And even when accepted at that altar, This outer court was as far as the common Jew would go. Only a priest was allowed to enter and approach any closer. The priest could pass through a door into the holy place, and there the priest could enjoy the benefits of the table of the presence. But even priests could go no further than that, unless he was the one high priest. Only the high priest after an elaborate ritual preparation, and only one time a year was permitted into the actual presence of God in the Holy of Holies. Now, this psalm is prophetic in that it points to a day when all that will be changed. All who recognize the Messiah will have access to a face-to-face encounter with God. Today, right now, we have direct access to God the Father through Jesus because of his barrier-breaking death on the cross. In Matthew 27, uh, beginning in verse 50, this is when Christ is on the cross. And we pick up here, it says, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. The barrier to the Holy of Holies, that curtain was broken, literally was torn, and so also was the barrier between death and life. Through Jesus, we receive an invitation come back around, facing the sun, worshiping face to face with God. So with that history as our backdrop, with this picture of acceptance, verse 4 really kind of comes to life. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, thankful that we can come into a place where we can be forgiven. Um, Enter his courts with praise. We can praise him for him being God. Give thanks to him and praise his name. If we back up a verse to verse 3, we understand what makes that verse possible, verse 4 possible. Verse 3 says, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. It's almost like a a creed. It's a statement of beliefs that you can kind of drive a stake into the ground. And this helps you um, be in the right frame of mind as you come into God's presence, to kind of take that verse and, and to rephrase it in a way that we would be able to then use it Acknowledge the Lord is God. Believe it is God who made you. Trust that you belong to him and that you are part of a family belonging to him. And finally, he is the great shepherd who feeds and cares for you. I mean, when you understand what he's done, you give thanks, and then you praise him for who he is. Walk through the gate enter the outer court, but don't stop there. As it says in verse 2 of Psalm 100, come before him, get face to face with him. Now, Now, maybe that sounds daunting or scary to draw close to God, and you would not be alone in thinking that, because we read in the Bible that when people encountered God's presence, their first and most common response was fear. And the first and most common response on God's part was to say, do not be afraid. So what could help us to move past that fear, or maybe it's doubt for you, but what would help us to move past whatever that obstacle is and to draw near to God? Verse 5 says, for the Lord is good. Acknowledging that he is good helps us move past our fears and draw near to him. When you think of God, do you think of a God who is good? Acknowledge that he is good. We move through those obstacles. We are not held back by fear because we know that the God that we are drawing close to is good. And then verse five goes on to say this for the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This word love um, in the Hebrew is Hesed. And it's a it's a big word. It's a word that's rich in meaning. And it has, if if this were a diamond, it has numerous facets. Yes, it's love, but it's in a very personal nature. It describes an endearing attachment. It's it's that face-to-face kind of encounter. It's love that's marked by kindness and steadfastness and loyalty and mercy and beauty and goodness, all of these things. So going back to that verse, verse 5, I want to give you a chance, and this is, uh, you can use the chat feature if you, if you would like. I'm going to um, copy and paste three, three items into the chat feature, and these, are, these are, um, this tell us some things that we can be grateful for um, as we draw near to Him. The Lord is good. The Lord is steadfast love, and the Lord is faithful. And I like that these have already been mentioned by, by you when we talked about what are you thankful for and what characteristic can you praise God for. But I want you, of those three, to single out one of them that that you find yourself most grateful for or that just really tugs on your heart right now. The Lord is good or... The Lord is steadfast love, or the Lord is faithful. So once you've settled on one of those, we're going to take a minute for a breath prayer. Now let me describe what what we're about to do. A breath prayer is simply a, a short and concise prayer that's prayed to the rhythm of your own breathing, the rhythm of your natural inhale and exhale. So on the inhale... Of this breath prayer, you'll say the two words, the Lord, as you inhale, the Lord. And as you exhale, you're expressing what you're grateful for. The Lord is good. The Lord is steadfast love. Or the Lord is faithful. I want you to settle in with one of those. I want you to take about a minute for this breath prayer. Um, We're gonna go total silent on this. So don't think that Zoom froze or that you got kicked out. We're gonna be totally silent. And then in about a minute, Jane uh, will lead us in singing a hymn that's highlighting one of those characteristics. So just getting quiet, maybe closing your eyes. The Lord is good. The Lord is steadfast love. The Lord is faithful.